soothing sounds of Joey Cleveland bringing us into another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Hello, folks. Hope you're having a nice week. Thanks for tuning in on this uh, Wednesday, June the 19th. That's what G said. Before you do anything, if you can, head on over to iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes in particular. You can subscribe there and you can leave a nice little five star rating and review. That'd be awesome. They help us move up the charts and they help uh, to grow the show, get more people to, uh, to hear this. That's what G said podcast. Tyson Fury over the weekend. I want to start uh, with a little boxing just to give you the heads up what's the schedule for this show. Talk a little Tyson Fury, a little on this day segment. Then uh, we're. Have an interview with Alex Regla. It was actually the first ever interview that I've done here on That's What G Said. I had some technical difficulties a few times through. Just like like anything, I practiced a couple. I wanted to make sure I practiced a few with all the equipment, just making sure everything was fine, recording it, and making sure it sounded good on the channels, edited everything. And then, of course, a couple times through, <laughs> for whatever reason, wasn't working. But Alex was awesome. He, uh, he stayed with me all the way through. I said, Alex, can I have you for like 20 minutes maybe for an interview? He ended up... Maybe about an hour and 20 minutes or so Because we had to start and stop a couple different times But I think we're good to go And we got around about 40-45 minutes or so Of uh, talking real nice Lakers and, and basketball all over And if and I'm a Lakers fan, right? So I'm going to always, you know, probably lean towards a, Like a positive view for the Lakers But we, def- we definitely take the How does this go right? How does this go wrong? For the Lakers with Anthony Davis With everything coming up So in no way just a Laker fan perspective. We're going to talk about, you know, all the positives and all the negatives. Some horse racing news. And then best golf movies will begin the voting for the best golf movie. And we'll talk about some of the, uh, the other best sports movies that we've had so far. Let's get right into Tyson Fury. I'm, I'm really into boxing right now, and I'm, I'm into the heavyweight division in particular. Tyson Fury, he is now 28-0-1 after his second round knockout over Tom Schwartz. He entered the ring in full Apollo Creed gear to living in America, like, Red, white, and blue, decked out from head to toe with the top hat on. I mean, he was living it up. He was playing the showman. Not only is he a boxer, but he does have some personality there. And after that fight where he was bobbing and weaving and ducking and diving, and he he looked really good in the fight. It looks like they'll have one more fight and then the rematch with Deontay Wilder. And that 2018 fight in December when they fought to a draw, it was the only time either fighter did not win Wilder is 41-0-1, Fury 28-0-1 A word we heard a lot in that Tyson Fury fight was Lineal champion That means you beat the champion and no one has beaten you since The, the, The problem with Tyson Fury as the lineal champion is that he beat Klitschko And nobody's beaten Fury since But Fury had a two year suspension in the mix where When you, ha- when you get suspended, you lose or you retire, you are no longer the lineal champion. That has actually happened multiple times. See Muhammad Ali and Lennox Lewis. If you go through the list of the lineal champions, so ESPN, I know because Fury's their guy. They were really pumping up that lineal champion, lineal champion, and I love Fury. It just that's a term that I think was getting a little overblown and overused, and maybe not even used correctly. If you 
So let's say if you're the lineal champion and you retire, how does the next person become a lineal champion? The number one and two ranked boxers in the world fight, and they determine that. I believe that's actually how Klitschko won when Lennox Lewis had retired. Um, Whoever was determined after uh, Lewis. It's unofficial. It's not an actual championship. And it's supposed to be when someone claims all the belts. That's not the case when with Fury right now either. But moving forward, let's get some round robin between these four heavyweights right now. Fury, Wilder, Joshua, Ruiz. We're going to get a Joshua Ruiz rematch. It looks like we're going to get the Fury Wilder. Would it be awesome if we can get the winners of those or even the losers of one of those to to hook up? That's what I want. I think we're seeing a really good starting to be a really good era for boxing and hopefully we can let, let's let's hope that everybody stays healthy, no suspensions, no more dr- no drugs, no banned substances cuz I I like what the way things are trending for boxing after a, a period where it was very down. For someone like me who's not a huge boxing fan, I just wasn't very interested in boxing for a while. On this day, June the 19th, back in 1910, the first Father's Day was celebrated. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Hopefully you all had a nice weekend uh, with your fathers. My pop, Mr. Gino Bacola, Gino Nicola Bacola Sr., he had a rough weekend. He had to have some surgery and uh, try to get a kidney stone removed. So Anything dealing with the downstairs... Downstairs front, downstairs back Never fun, right? Like if you have to get that taken care of Surgery, anything dealing with that So Hasn't been the most comfortable Last few days for Mr. Bacola Keep him in your uh, in your positive thoughts and prayers As he uh, he needs As he continues to, to recover over the next uh, week or two 1978 Garfield first appears as a comic strip 1992 Batman Returns Starring Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito Michelle Pfeiffer and Christopher Walken I loved that version, that movie of Batman And I love the Michael Keaton versions of, of Batman I thought he was a, was a Very good Batman One of my favorite ones was, uh, was Batman Returns with the Penguin and Catwoman Let's go way back now And we'll start talking some sports 1846, the first officially recognized baseball game. The final score, the nine beat the Knickerbockers 23 to 1. 1942, Paul Warner is the seventh ever to 3,000 hits. 1955, Mickey Mantle hits career home run number 100. And someone who was tied to Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, in 1961, he hit number 25 of the 61 home run campaign. 1973, Pete Rose and Willie Davis both got their 2,000th hit. Pete Rose, the all-time hit king, 4,256. 1989, the very controversial Barry Switzer resigns as head coach of Oklahoma. Lots of issues going on there. A few years later, he resurfaced for the Dallas Cowboys. 1992, Evander Holyfield beats Larry Holmes to become the heavyweight champ. In 2016, Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA title Beating the Golden State Warriors Four games to three They came back from a three games to one Deficit Folks, one of the most stressful events In life is moving And everything that goes into The process of relocating There are so many different factors That you have to worry about I know someone who can make your life easier And I'm very happy to introduce Cindy Carava As a new sponsor of That's What G Said Podcast 
If the name sounds familiar, Cindy is the wife of horse racing trainer Jack Carava, who's been a mainstay on the Southern California racing circuit for the last 30 years. Cindy Carava is a full-service realtor. can help you in many different ways, like selling, purchasing, and leasing. She can help you find vendors like handymen, painters, landscapers, and gardeners that she personally uses in her own home. Also, if you need help with getting pre-approved for a home loan, Cindy can connect you to lenders that she works closely with and can highly recommend. Covering all parts of the San Gabriel Valley, parts of North San Diego, County, Del Mar, Solana Beach, and Rancho Santa Fe, if you're just curious to see how much your home is worth, she can even do a free market analysis of your home's value. You can find Cindy on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, reviews about her on Yelp and Zillow, or the easiest way, CindyCarava.com. You can find all of her information there. C-A-R-A-V-A. I've known her personally for almost a decade, and she is one of the most honest and genuine people I've ever met. Exactly the type of person you can trust with any of your real estate needs. Get to CindyCarava.com right now. Okay, coming up next, it will be an interview with Alex Regla from Silver Screen and Roll. And we talk all about Lakers, Anthony Davis, everything going on right now in the NBA. Here with our first guest on the That's What G Said podcast. I know, folks, it's been a lot of Gino over the first uh, month, month and a half or so. But there's too much going on not to bring in my good friend, Alex Regla from Silver Screen and Roll in the B-Ball Index. Alex, in the uh, the last, what do I guess, you know, 14, 15 months in Lakerland, things have changed quite a bit. We went from a group of young players, uh, a lot of losing years and a lot of draft picks, to all of a sudden we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. How did this all happen? <laughs> uh, I, I think I've learned not to get attached to, like, any player forever for, like, now on after this whole deal went down. Like, I, it's crazy. Like, like, we mentioned, you know, off air before, like, we kind of grew attached to these young guys, and we kind of looked to these young guys as the next step of the Lakers franchise, and they were going to be the guys to lead us back to, you know, the playoffs and maybe a championship down the road. But once you sign LeBron James, I guess, you know, that just goes all out the window, and you have to work within a specific timeline. And this whole Anthony Davis trade expedites that, and it, it puts them directly on a on a timeline that is championship robust, it sounds like. So... A lot can change in a year. Like we're no longer a young, you know, uh, maybe not as fast team as we, you know, we have been, and maybe we're more of a half court, you know, slow it down team. So uh, it, it's crazy how much could change in a year with the Lakers. Well, let's start from the top. It feels like it was like a year ago, but the uh, the AD to the Lakers trade just happened over the weekend. Lonzo Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four pick two other first-rounders, and pick swaps for the Pelicans, and the Lakers get AD. So, you know, you're going to have to give up a lot to get someone the quality of Anthony Davis. I feel like this is kind of a win-win. I feel like both teams got what they needed out of this trade. Where do you stand kind of overall on it, Alex? Yeah, I think I generally agree that was a win-win. I think for the Lakers, you know, as we mentioned, they get their second star. They get their, their a star who's only 26 and a star they can build around once LeBron is gone and and could help, you know, compete with this season. 
Um, and I think for New Orleans, they get the rebuild they wanted. They get a ton of good young assets. They get a lot of the Lakers' first-round picks in the next few years. And, and they get Zion. Uh, and I think that's a great young core they can build around going forward. And, and I think the Lakers had to get this deal done. I, I think if you believe the rumors that they're not going to be huge players in, in free agency in terms of where the Max guys want to go, you know, go play at, then I think this might have been their only shot at getting a star player next to LeBron. And he's he's one of the best ones you can get. I, I think that the pairing between LeBron and Anthony Davis is as perfect as you as you can get for a one-two punch. And as you mentioned, this is a win now for the Lakers move. They, I think with what they've set up, they have two of the top, I mean, I don't care how much you you like or don't like Anthony Davis. You can say anywhere from like three to ten, as he is one of the top players in the league. And I think with both Anthony Davis and LeBron a little bit, it's a little out of sight, out of mind, Alex. Because I feel like I, I see a lot of the the people out there. They're like, well, Anthony Davis is injury prone and he's always banged up, and LeBron is over the hill. The thing I like to, to kind of mention is. I always go back and look because I I do this every year when I'm playing fantasy basketball and I'm and I'm starting and I'm always like, oh yeah, Anthony Davis, do I want to get him? He misses a lot of games. And then I go back and look at his game log. Over the last five seasons, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw last season out because last season he was kind of picking if he wanted to sit out, then he was being told he wanted to sit yeah. out. I think it's just a, a put a line through the season because it wasn't missing games based on injury. It was missing games based on his team doesn't know what to do with him. They don't want him to get hurt. If they, he does, he's not a trade asset. So he's played 67, 68, 61, and then 75 and 75 games back-to-back. And I, I think that the Andrew, uh, Anthony Davis' injury-prone narrative is a little overblown because when you just look at the game logs, he's playing that many games, and he's averaging 36 minutes a game, scoring over 20, 10, 2 blocks, 1.3 steals. He's playing minutes, and he's playing games. He really isn't a, a, an injury-prone player. No, no, uh, you bring up a really good point. And I mean, if you just compare it to the guys the Lakers traded, like Lonzo and Ingram, they've missed a ton of games in their first two or three seasons. So to, to like to your point that AD maybe not be as injury prone as, you know, people kind of make him out to be. And he's also a big. So for a big to stay that healthy and, and who does so much, like you mentioned, you can see uh, like an avenue that he stays healthy by taking less offensive load, you know, with the Lakers now that he's playing next to LeBron. He might not have to do as much and carry as much of the of the load with the Lakers that he could, you know, develop still and, and, and age gracefully. And I, I think that um, that narrative is a bit, you know, overblown and overstated because you look at big guys in the modern NBA and you kind of do get scared that they might get hurt. But, you know, Anthony Davis is not like a typical big man. He's like a freak athlete. He could dribble. He can shoot. He could, you know, block shots from anywhere. So I, I think... He's only 26. I still think that's something that needs to be stated a lot because I think people see this as a guy who's old or something like that. And he's not. He's still in the no. prime of his career. And and you're going to have him post-LeBron as well. So I think this is a trade that that is for the now and potentially for the future. The Lakers, they gave up guys that could be very big stars. You know, and Ingram, we're talking about a couple number two picks. Brandon Ingram, who... He averaged 18.3 points a game last year, over five rebounds and three assists, and he shot just under 50% from the field and 33% from three. And what what we we saw, which I think as a fan, we, we it's a little bittersweet 
But we like to see it last year was Right before all of these guys got hurt They were playing like the best basketball they ever had You know, Brandon Ingram He goes on a, a streak where his last eight games He's scoring 25 points a game And just under seven rebounds And, and over two assists And he's shooting 50% from the three-point line and, and 56% from the field And he improved his free throw shooting too Lonzo, you know, his final 13 games of the season He was shooting 37% from three Scoring 12, seven assists And, you know, just under six rebounds And a steal and a half Like those are the kind of numbers that we we Wanted from Lonzo We never thought he was going to be a 25 points a game guy But some steals, assists, some boards Just shooting like If you can shoot 34, 35% from three even And, and so we will, it'll be a little, I know I said bittersweet, kind of mixed emotions a few times Because I think that's what it feels like when you see some of these these guys who, you know I went and watched some of them play at Summer League in Vegas You know, I drove out there because I was excited to see even, yeah. you know, with D'Angelo's year and, and, and all these guys all the way through And so when they leave, you're, I'm never upset to to look in the box score and to see one of them having a great night And I hope they stay healthy and I hope It'll be a fun rivalry for years to come in the Western Conference with with some of these uh, former Lakers. Yeah, I I mean I I went to summer league as well, and it, it was fun to kind of go look at these guys because they're so young and so raw, and kind of envision them, you know, growing to the players that will help kind of carry the Lakers into that next step of their franchise, and to kind of see them all just you know disappear. It is kind of sad and it's bittersweet. Like, uh, you know, we started with D'Angelo and Larry Nance and Julius Randle and kind of see them all. Yeah, yeah, Clarkson and kind of see them all go on separate teams and some do really well and some kind of, you know, not so well. But you always kind of will root for these guys because they were, you know, they were the Lakers guys. They were their young players that, you know, we put all our stock into. And, you know, that at that point they were losing a lot and and they were the only kind of glimmer of hope that, you know, things could get better. They could develop and. I, um, it's just crazy how much can change in such a short time. Like once you sign LeBron, I, you do have to kind of stick to a specific window. Yeah. And maybe this was always the case. Maybe this was always going to happen. Once you bring a guy like LeBron, uh, like a LeBron on, and some of us thought maybe they would keep LeBron and just build around him with young guys. And I thought that would have been a good idea too. But I, I think last season kind of opened a lot of people's yeah. eyes, and it just shows that. These guys as good as they are And as much potential they have We don't know how they perform in a playoff setting or. And the margin of error was just so small You know last year we saw Like soon as one thing goes wrong Everything like everything went wrong And And it did like it mm -hmm. seemed like Like we mentioned like every player got injured And it, it just the timing was bad And when they would start playing well They would get injured and Ingram You know he was having the Maybe the best stretch of his career And then this whole blood clot thing happened And well, Even JaVale, just... even a guy like JaVale Was playing really well to start the yeah. year You know, people laughed about some of the, the veteran signings With the JaVale and Rondo Who was not good last year And Lance who was not very good But JaVale was excellent I mean, I remember the first few weeks of the year There were like legitimate talks of like Defensive player huh. of the year for JaVale Because he yeah. was playing so well And then he got pneumonia, you know And it, And that's what's difficult is that I just don't think he ever got back in shape again after missing all that time, and he just he just seemed like you just you needed too much from a guy like Javale with with that team last year, you know. And then um, and we'll see because what's going to be interesting this year, and and just with with the the players that the Lakers have on the roster currently, you have LeBron, you have AD, you have you know Caruso, or you have Bonga, Mo Wagner, and uh, Jamario Jones, who they're 
apparently trying to move the contracts right now to create a little more space. But the other real key guy right now is Kuzma because you know last year he did not shoot as well as he did his first season, but I think his offensive game improved a little bit. He improved a little bit as a playmaker. He improved a little bit on defense. And I'm just envisioning the way that this team is going to be set up on the court. How many times were we going to see a, a Davis and LeBron pick and roll, or how many times one of those two guys is going to be double teamed? Is Kuzma and whoever else on the court for the Lakers going to be wide open? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Kuzma specifically has got to be the guy who who makes those shots this year. Like, I don't think he can have another repeat no. sophomore season where he's shooting 30, 31% from, from three. And I, I looked it up, and Kuzma actually took, like, the 11th most wide-open threes of, of any player all last year. And he, But uh, among those 11 players, he shoot the worst percentage on those wide-open threes. So that, that's that that's got to improve. And, and like you mentioned, you can envision a, a pick-and-roll between LeBron and AD and Kuzma kind of on the weak side or in the corner getting an open three, and he's just got to make them. Like, there's no, you know, there's, at this point, like, they 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 want to keep Kuzma, and he's got to perform to yep. the level that they hold him to. Like, they yes. might have, they might have been able to keep those first-round picks that they sent Kuzma, but maybe they, they valued Kuzma more. And I think it's time for him to kind of blossom into the player that they, I think they really think he could become. And, like a, a fit wise, I think he's actually a really good fit yes. next to Ronnie Kuzma because he is a, he is a low usage player. Like he well, and the money well. and the money is a great. That's fit. that's the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his his contract is so low that you, you definitely want to keep him on your roster. You're not going to find many guys who can score 20 points for that. You uh, know, for I, that low. Yeah, I don't think you can find any player that yeah. that can do that at, at that rate. So definitely, he definitely outperforms his contract, which is something that you're going to want on a team that has two potentially three stars. So yeah, Kuzma's get. Could be a swing guy next year, and and uh, I, I I hear you know from a lot of people talking about you know it's, you have LeBron you have Anthony Davis and we just went through the fact that he's not really injury prone and then you know an aging LeBron the thing the problem I have with the whole like LeBron is done narrative is one LeBron never had an injury ever up until last year. I mean ever, like every player has one or two injuries throughout their career that you you're at least give them a mulligan for one year where they get injured, they miss the season and that season's kind of a bust. He hasn't had one of those type seasons where he missed, he's out through the playoffs ever. The way he takes care of his body, the way he always has, he's now fresh and he's motivated. I just I can't envision LeBron going out this way and not coming back and not you know, having a chip on his shoulder And I'm seeing the videos he's posting at, You know, <laughs> 3 in the morning on Instagram And 4 in the morning And I, I got a feeling And I, I mean, how do you think LeBron's going to come back this year? Yeah, if I, I'd be really Like, I'm really optimistic He's going to have a really, cr- like, crazy Like, he, he didn't have a bad year last year Like, no. last year he was really good I, ju- I just think, comparatively to, like, what he His standards are That maybe some people didn't think he'd have a good year But, I mean, this People out there remember this is his first full offseason off. Like he doesn't have to play in the playoffs or the finals, and he, he is the first time he actually gets to rest and kind of come back, you know, fully refreshed and everything. So I think LeBron with AD and you know next to him is gonna have a really like crazy good year, and uh, I think he's gonna want to prove a lot of people wrong this year. So let's play both sides of this. Let's first say how this goes well for the Lakers, and then how does this not go well for the Lakers? So how this goes well. We've got the first two stars. Mm-hmm. I think there are two options, you know, that everyone's looking at. 
They're trying to move around, make the money work right now to get a third star, whether it be you know Kawhi or a, a Kemba or a Jimmy Butler or or someone like that. Then they'd have to fill in with vet minimums and and you know they'd have to get a little creative, or they take the route where they go you know combos of solid guys like. You know, maybe Patrick Beverly, Darren Collison, Seth Curry, you know, Danny Green, Ariza, Brooke Lopez, Deadman, Malcolm Brogdon, just throwing names out there. Yeah, yeah. Which which route I guess both of those routes could work for the Lakers and, and either one of them could be, you know, this that make this t- this go well for them. Which route would you prefer? Yeah, I have been thinking about it. And an argument can be had for both, because I think they're you know, both have shown to, to be successful. Like if you look at Toronto, they didn't, they had the star in, in Kawhi and they had maybe like a second tier star in Lowry and, and, and solid role players around them and a great bench. And, and that proved to be, to work against Golden State, you know, but granted Golden State was, you know, crazy injured and everything that happened. And, and you look at Golden State and how they've been successful. They've had two, three stars on their team, you know, if, if not yep. more considering how you view Draymond Green. So I, I think both, could be argued for and I think for the Lakers I specifically would say get that third star only because uh, I think to this point Rob Polinka hasn't showed that he can kind of hit those marginal moves like around the in the roster yeah Yeah, so like if if you give him 30 million to spend in role players how sure are we he's not going to just give 10 to Rondo you know eight to JaVale and and then sign a random other person so if you got a hit You've on, got to on hit both on those. of those too, and I'd rather try to hit on the one. You know, if if exactly. they're coming, if Kemba's coming, or if Kyrie's coming, or whoever they say. You know, Kyrie obviously sounds like he's going to Brooklyn. Whoever it is that says they're coming, that's already a star, as you mentioned. There are a lot of other moves that need to be made, and that's a big question right now too, because I think it's been tough to kind of judge Rob Palinka right so far because of everything that happened with Magic. You know, I feel so bad, like. I just, I love Magic so much as a Laker fan, and then everything that happened over the last like month or so, going on TV, feeling like he was kind of torpedoing the Lakers. Yeah. It it definitely whether Palinka is good at this or not, whether he's well liked or not, that definitely did not make his job any easier. Definitely not. And and to this point, we don't really know what Palinka what he's responsible for when it comes to these signings and all the personnel that's that's happened like. The AD trade is his. Like that's probably his first like thing we could like give him credit for or blame him for. And I think this summer is going to be a huge test that for him to kind of hit on these moves because Magic isn't there anymore. He's not going to be the one taking the blame or or getting in the way, depending on how you view him. And I, I think Rob's got to prove that he's capable to handle his job and and hit those things on the margins, like we mentioned. Like if they do sign a third guy, then those minimums they they target are going to be crucial. To fill out the rest of the roster And if they don't sign a third guy And they break up that cap space Then getting a guy like Darren Collison Might be better than getting a guy like Rondo But we don't know if Polinka feels the same way Or or what he you know prioritize, prioritizes in this So I, I think with Magic gone There's one less voice in the room Hopefully and, and Rob can kind of show That he's capable to handle this job But a lot's going to be kind of a, a test this summer for him and, and kind of a make or break, you know, summer for him and the Lakers. And I think I wonder how much of of the you know maybe adding another piece and feel and going all in on the AD trade was with Rob Palinka, the front office, and the Lakers watching the playoffs and the way things kind of unfolded towards the end. Not only with the injuries, you know, seeing Durant 
go down Seeing Clay go down Realizing that the Warriors are not going to be the same Warriors team next year Who knows what they're going to be You look around the league Whether or not the rumors are true There's all these talk about Houston blowing it up You know, Chris Paul not being happy there And even if they aren't Their team is not built very well going forward With Chris Paul making over $40 million You know, they're not set up very well And then you look around the rest of the West I think the West is solid But when I watched the playoffs last year We had a Portland team That, you know, got to the conference finals Without Nurkic You know, then they got swept I don't even know how good they are A Denver team that had to go to seven games Two back-to-back I think they're a fine playoff team you know, you see a, a Oklahoma City team. We don't really know what they are. Uh, it, you look up and down the West. There are a ton of question marks. It felt like the time right now for the Lakers to say, you know what, there might be a one or two year window where we really can go all in, and maybe our team doesn't need to be as good or as deep to beat the Warriors. Maybe we need we can we can do this with you know top heavy team with AD and with LeBron. I wonder how much of what what was happening then. Kind of pushed them all in on the table Yeah, I, I think you bring up a really good point I, I think the Western Conference is probably as wide open now as it's been in, Since Golden State kind of became who they became Like it's, I think a lot of teams around the league Like we saw today with the Mike Conley trade to Utah That I think a lot of teams might be uh, willing to go all in now Seeing that yeah. this may be their, their short window to kind of capitalize on You know, possibly Durant and Clay missing a ton of time this this upcoming season And may think that Getting a star in now or, or possibly two could be their chance in winning a championship in this window. And like you mentioned, like those other teams are really solid teams, really good teams. But I don't think if you put them in a, ma- a seven game matchup with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and I'm not really sure who else like they can beat that. Like every other game. That's all you have to do is win every other game. Exactly. And if you add a third star, like even if it's a lower tier star like a Kemba or, or Jimmy Butler, like a Butler. AD LeBron in a seven game series That's really hard to beat for anyone yeah. And just, even if it is like a Caruso As point guard or the, Whoever it is like those three Guys have proven that you know Especially like a guy like Butler this you know This past playoffs how how much one Guy one star can, can do for a team And I, I think the West is Wide open and I think a lot of teams have changed Their calculus saying like maybe We could, maybe we should go for it now maybe we shouldn't Wait for Golden State to kind of Age uh, gracefully and, and their free agents to go other places and Maybe we could try to push them now I'm glad you mentioned Caruso Because he became a cult favorite over the last <laughs> couple of years The thing about Caruso is I remember like Luke Walton telling a story About how the first time Luke saw Caruso walk into the gym He looked to one of the assistants and was like Hey that guy's lost <laughs> Like he just does not look like a basketball player You know he's like He's balding a little bit He's kind of like a shorter like He's just kind of white looking guy but he's he's you know Mexican or like Hispanic And he's it's it's hilarious The athleticism this guy has The the one clip I, I love More than any is the the put back Dunk against the Warriors When, oh, yeah. when Durant's kind of looking at him He, he kind of <laughs> he looks to the side Like who the hell just did that And Caruso comes flying by and LeBron Jumps off the bench yeah over A not small sample size Alex Of 18 games the last 18 games Caruso played last year He played 28 minutes a game He shot 46% from three 12.4 points 4.2 assists 3.7 rebounds 1.3 steals and a plus minus He's a plus minus god <laughs> He had a plus <laughs> minus of a, a plus 2.6 So he's the type of guy who For very cheap 
would be an excellent backup. And I think uh, LeBron and some of the Laker guys, you know, there's not many Laker guys, but I think LeBron likes him a little bit. Yeah, no, 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 he definitely does. Like, we saw on the court, those two guys, like, instantly clicked. Like, their chemistry on the floor was obvious right away. And uh, I think Caruso was really good, like, towards the end there. Like, you mentioned, like, that Clipper game where he kind of just took over in the fourth yeah. quarter was probably one of the highlights of the season for me. Like, he, he legitimately is a very good, backup point guard if not starting point guard on some teams and it, especially if that three-point percentage is real like if it's like if he even lowers like a 38 percent guy like over like a bigger sample like that's a great value at that contract for his defense you his know defense he, he tries like that's all you can ask for Effort. like guys like rondo i mean you know they don't try as much as harder anymore because they already have they already been paid they're a little older whereas and a guy like see it though you, you definitely, see it he, he's fighting for his his nba life out there and for a team that has is going to have stars, you're going to need those guys willing to do the dirty work. And, and Caruso has shown that he's he's more than able to dive on the floor for a ball and that he wants to be out there and he'll grab every rebound. He, he's a great rebounder also, a great passer. And he kind of gives you what you're missing with Lonzo now gone. Like he, he kind of fills those same kind of check mm-hmm. box, those checks those boxes that fantastic passer, fantastic guy to throw, you know, the hit ahead passes rebounder defender and if he hits his threes like that's just gravy for this team so i definitely think he's a guy i hope they keep on the roster even even if they side a third max guy and i hope they can find a way to to keep him around to play some valuable like bench minutes and and just a shout to the uh you know a lot of the front office from the lakers and rightfully so has gotten crap over the last few years but one thing they've done pretty well is They've drafted with their lower picks very well And even if you don't like you know, Brandon and Lonzo and them They didn't really miss with any of the top picks And they've, they've done a good job with their G League They've done a yeah. really good job with their G League A lot of the, the G League players that go down and they come back up They seem like they are ready to go They seem like they've been developed a little bit down in the G League And it seems like um, that group has been Pretty good, even when the rest of the you know the front office for the uh, the main organization yeah. hasn't been. No, their scouting department has you know been you know the best part of this franchise for maybe the last five or six years. Like like you mentioned, they've hit on almost every second round pick they've got. Like you look at a guy like Zubots who who played who was a starter for the Clippers yeah. in the playoffs against the Warriors that took them to seven games. You know, a guy like Thomas Bryant who had a great year with the Wizards. Clarkson. A guy like. Yeah, Hart, Jordan Clarkson. You know. I mean, Hart and Nance were like 37 and tw- 30, exactly. 27. Even Speed last year was oh, yeah. 47. You know, he's going to be an NBA rotation player. He's going to be and, a shooter. Yeah. And you like the guy, like the G League guys, like a guy like Travis Ware, he proved like a couple years ago he could play. And Jamario Jones this yep. year, he came up and was fantastic. And Jonathan like the, Williams at the beginning oh, of the man, year. Oh, man. Jonathan Williams, you know, he was like the savior for a few, for a few games. He won a couple games for them. He really yeah. did. He won early. He won a couple games for the Lakers when they didn't like have a lot from the, I think before they got Tyson Chandler, when they were like looking to get exactly. another big and they didn't, they didn't quite have one yet. So, you know, they've done a, they've done a very good job. And we're talking positive, but this, like anything, this could go wrong And the way I think this does go wrong is You mentioned a big key Bad spending on veterans Whether they're going to get a third star Or whether they're going to have to get Maybe three or four Solid rotation pieces Instead of that max They're going to have to spend wisely And the name you've mentioned a few times That I do not want to hear is Rondo You know, yeah. I just 
I, I thought Rondo has had a great career I was actually pretty happy and excited When Rondo came in last year as a backup point guard Thinking, oh, this would be great Help Lonzo, kind of teach Lonzo a little bit And he was saying all the right things And even through the year, Rondo wasn't didn't seem like he was a bad teammate He seemed like he was saying all the right things Because he was getting rewarded with a ton of playing time <laughs> That he shouldn't really have been getting You know, so I, I don't see why he would have been unhappy With, uh, with that situation So I, like, bad spending on vets I guess if, you know, LeBron or AD have a bad injury Or, you know, maybe LeBron's just never quite the same And he is, you know, all those minutes have added up Or I guess if, you know, Lonzo, Ingram, and Hart They turn out to be really good And New Orleans wins a title before the Lakers This isn't a move that is, you know, 100% locked down And especially with the point you mentioned we still need to see this Laker front office Who is unproven over the last couple of years Make more moves Yeah, like uh, I think this summer And how they handle this money They're going to have is It might be a telling point In how this these next three, four years Of AD LeBron goes Like if they didn't learn their lesson Last summer and how they, they Approach free agency And which kind of players they value Then this might, you know, go south quickly Like they can't have another Glenn Stevenson, uh, Rondo, Michael Beasley no. offseason. They have to at least get some shooters in, some defenders in, and some guys who aren't just reputation guys. Like you can't, you can't just uh, get a brand name. Like Rondo's a brand name at this point. Like he's not the player he used to be. Like you, you, you brought up a good point. Like he was a good locker room guy from like every report we've gotten. Like he, he did, you know, he didn't cause any problems, and a lot of those, you know, guys didn't cause any problems, but. On the court, you know, they just don't have what it takes anymore to no. to perform at a high level, and you can't pay them close to nine million or, or spend your exceptions on them in free agency when you're trying to build out a roster that's going to have only three players on it potentially: Kuzma, AD, and LeBron. To, if they can pull off this uh, bonga or whatever, if they get rid of those guys, this you know, in the couple coming weeks or coming days. So, how how they handle free agency and this money that they've created is. Might be a sign of how how much trust we can give them going forward. Because if if they do not, you know, they approach it the same way they did last summer, then they could be in some trouble. Because they have a lot of spots to fill in this roster and have to, you know, take the smart approach and how they how they go about filling them. Just a couple more things I want to hit on with you, yeah, Alex. Before I let you go, um, we saw some reports now coming out that. The Lakers, as you mentioned, they're trying to to clear up the space by trading Mo Wagner, Bonga, Jamario Jones. They could open up space for a third max, or just as you mentioned, I saw you tweet, just another solid rotation player. It yeah. doesn't even need to be a third max. It could just be another role player in the mix that will likely be a bigger piece and give them a little bit more right away than Mo or Bonga. Or Jones, who again, like I, I have no knocks really on any of them. Like Mo, Mo Wagner could be a fine player in the league. Like he fits the profile of the bigs nowadays. He had he, he cares. You could see it in it. Like he really wants to win. He tries hard. He's one of those guys that'll dive on the court. I like Bonga too. He has size. He's just a little bit too much of a project, you know. And and so I think that that seems like it's a smart move. And the other smart move I like hearing is that they are looking to try to buy into the second round. Because by doing so, they can get some inexpensive players yeah. to, to fill their rotation or um, contracts that can't be used against them. So they, they have, I think, around $3.7 left to buy a couple picks. That seems like a couple positive signs. 
Yeah, and, and it goes back to their scouting. Like we trust their scouting to to hit on those second round picks yep. if they, if they do buy them. So yeah, I, I was really encouraged when I heard the news that they were trying to buy some second round picks in this draft because I, I they've proven that they can hit on these guys and they definitely need some you know depth on that bench. Like they're really skeletal thin right now this this roster. So any inexpensive talent you can get and and hopefully guys who can outperform their contracts are, is a big win and. Going back to the cap space point, you mentioned that uh, they have, if they do get around $30 million to spend, they can break that up and get some really good role players. There's some really good role players yeah. on the market this summer, like a guy like Danny Green, Patrick Beverly, or they can maybe go after some you know, restricted free agents. And uh, I think there's some different roads here that they can fill out a really competitive roster. It's just We just got to see them do it. Like They have to prove that they're yes. able to do it. And yes. at this point, we don't know that. Like, we only have one summer's worth of a sample to say, like, it, it, what they value and what they think is a good player. And that didn't work out well. So hopefully they learn their lesson and approach this summer differently. A couple other teams that I wanted to talk about real quick. It's, the things you mentioned for Boston have really <laughs> changed, right? Like a year ago, and I'm not going to say I like it, but I do like it. <laughs> because, <laughs> man, as like a Dodger fan and a Laker fan, it's like, yeah. I'm just always up against it with these with Boston fans. You know, we, we're always going at it with each other. And their success lately has, no matter what, like them or not, they've had ton of it in in all of the sports. But the Celtics, in particular, they they looked like just a year ago they were set up so well. You know, they I think their over under for wins was just under sixty. And the big famous Bill Simmons, you know, talking about how they were going to win sixty seven yeah. games and be blowing everyone out in the fourth quarter. And then we saw this year, they Kyrie's going to leave. They didn't get AD Horford's opting out Yeah, And we don't really even know How good Tatum is I mean yeah. he took a back He took a step backwards this year It's not been a very good few weeks for Boston No and, and Gordon Hayward's contract Is still on the books as well yeah. um, I, I think Boston may be a good a, a good team to look at To show that you know maybe Gathering all these assets and young players And holding on to them may not be the best Decision yeah. sometimes like how many times have had, they've had a chance to trade those draft picks? Like for a Jimmy Butler, for a Kawhi, for an AD, and they chose not to. And now, because of a Jalen Brown or exactly. a Tatum or a pick that they didn't want to get rid of. You exactly. Know? And, and now their two best players in Horford and Kyrie are leaving. They're stuck with those young guys. Their draft picks aren't as good as they used to be. They, they Now they're in the teens uh, when they thought they might be in the lottery. So, uh, I, And AD is off the market. So I don't know who they can trade for. I, I think they might be stuck with the young core, which is a good young core. Like, don't get me wrong, Tatum, Brown, sure. and even Iano, Smart. Yeah, Marcus Smart. Those guys are valuable players, and they do have cap room now to to try to go after a, a Maybe Max. D'Angelo. Sure. I heard. You know, oh man, like imagine. That. Oh man, D'Angelo. That would be Foster funny, right? Be that would be yeah. funny. Just the Laker takes from the old oh, Laker fans. That just they would. Oh, that yeah, that would be a lot of fun back and forth. Um, kind of. Yeah. Now, I'm now hoping the, that happens now. <laughs> me too, right? That would just be great. Now the Nets uh, are an interesting team. They. Where D'Angelo played very well for them next year It doesn't look like he's going to be coming back there Because I think they they think they're getting Kyrie Kyrie now just changed agencies He's now represented yeah. by Rock Nation Which makes people think that he's going to go to the Nets With the Jay-Z ties there So the Nets are interesting Do they maybe get Kyrie and maybe take it Like the the, the big question with Kyrie was always He was sort of tied to Durant a yeah. lot of people felt like it was going to be Kyrie Durant with the Knicks, and now it's maybe the Nets 
What do you think between those two and kind of now with the whole Kevin Durant injury? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the injury kind of threw things out of, out of a loop. Like, I'm not sure how KD handles his free agency this upcoming uh, summer. I don't know if he just re-ups with Golden State. And I, I think he's going to get a max somewhere. Like, I don't, I don't think that's his injury is going to scare teams off to a point where they don't offer a max. Like, he's still, even if he doesn't come back the player he was, like, it's still Kevin Durant. And you just, you got to pay him. Like, you just got to get him on your team and hope for the best. And I, I think from all, all the signs we've gotten and from Woj and all the reports that Kyrie seems like he's Brooklyn bound and that's where he's planning on going. And that means D'Angelo is probably going to go somewhere else. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how Brooklyn handles. I think they still have room for another second max, like you mentioned. Yeah. So they can possibly go after a KD or, or maybe Jimmy Butler or maybe Al Horford. Like I don't, they have different avenues there, but they're another team who had a young core D'Angelo, you know, they just let uh, Hollis Jefferson go and they still have Karis LeVert, but they're another team that, it seems like they're content with, you know, breaking up the young core if it means getting stars in. And it seems like multiple teams are, are going that direction now. It's not as much rebuilding as as we've seen in past. And some teams see a window here with Golden State kind of kind of hurt that this might be their time to make some noise. And and Brooklyn seems ready to, you know, make a big splash this summer. Yeah, and, and so many things are in flux, not only with Golden State being hurt, with a guy like... The NBA ch- NBA champion who just won the Finals MVP, yeah. <laughs> and he might leave. You know, yeah. like we we're, we don't really know what. I think it's safe to say this year, right now, he is probably the he was the best basketball player mm-hmm. in in the league and in the world last year. I think Kawhi, a two way player, when he was you know in the playoffs, what he did with that run was incredible. Now, if I'm Kawhi, what do I do? I mean, how do you leave a team that has just won? And maybe I'm I'm wondering is Kawhi like Kawhi for me is the hardest of all of them to predict because we just oh, don't yeah. know what he's thinking. He doesn't even let us know like anything that's going on in his head. I heard you know some rumblings now of maybe even just like a one year deal with Toronto where he signs like a 33 million with a 36 player option and just kind of runs it back and sees okay maybe maybe we can do it again because we're set up well. Yeah, I like you said Kawhi is definitely the hardest player to read in the NBA. I have no idea what he's going to do like. There's still noise about the Clippers, and the Clippers may be the team he, he his preferred destination if he leaves Toronto. So there's that noise out there. And uh, but like you mentioned, like I see it, it's going to be hard to leave a team that you just won a championship with. And for Toronto, like look at that parade, how much they love him there, and all that huge crowd that was there for him. Kawhi and uh, Dine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Like I think Kawhi's the one player, probably not like. Like that's the, he's the one guy who's probably not gonna let that get to him. Like yeah. for him, it's just about winning or what he wants to do. I don't think like he cares about his perception in the media or, or how people will view him as if he leaves. Because you know, it, it, in his case, like he won the championship for Toronto. Like he really doesn't owe him anything else. Like no, he didn't really want to go there to begin with, but then he won championship there. So if he leaves, I I don't see why you would be mad at him for anything because he brought you the first championship ever. So I mean, it it would kind of suck to see him on the Clippers next year. But um, yeah, I, I have no idea what he's going to do. I, the Lakers definitely are going to be interested in if they can clear this max space. I hope they could get a, a meeting with him because AD, LeBron, Kawhi would be like insane. He, you know, and you, I think you mentioned this when we were talking off off air a little bit. But the situation is almost it's not similar, but it reminds me a little bit of the AD in that like we've when Kawhi was out for the whole year, we forgot how good he was. Yeah. 
uh-huh. you know, and then he comes back and we can see the impact he can have on any team. And I, I kind of feel that way with Davis right now, because just two years ago when they, when they won the first round playoff series and they swept Portland and they're going in to play golden state and people are like legitimately thinking that, Oh, maybe they can win a game or two here. And maybe Davis can do it. Like, so I, I get a little weird feeling there with, with them, uh, Kind of, I'm hoping that that Davis will kind of come to this year with the way that Kawhi did, almost trying to prove a point. Uh, just one or two more things to hit with you. We see the national reporting, and I don't know if it's you know just me or or not, but w- whether it be Woj, who is the absolute best at what he does, or Brian Windhorst, who's awesome, it always feels like they're just the reports, or even if they give a little bit of an opinion, they're always a little tinted negatively against the <laughs> Lakers. Does, doesn't it kind of feel that way? I, I mean, we may be biased as Lakers fans, be. but um, <laughs> I, they, there's definitely a, a tint. I, I think that's there's no hiding that or disguising yeah. it. Um, when they have to make positive reports about the Lakers, you kind of feel them kind of grinding Throwing their up in their mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I, I think with any reporter that ha- that have like insider information like Woj and Windhorse, they, they they do have an agenda and they do have teams, sure. you know, uh, paying them in information to to get these these reports out. And there's always you always have to kind of question why this report's coming out or who wants this report to come out, who can benefit from it. So I, I think I've learned covering the Lakers and watching the Lakers and just the NBA from afar that. Every report you take with a bit of grain of salt and, and you kind of step back and kind of say, okay, who's going to benefit from this information getting out there and, and why is this information getting out there? And, and uh, you know, leading up to the Anthony Davis trade, we, we heard reports that the, the deal, you know, they were interested, but they weren't offering as much as that New Orleans wanted or that Boston might be interested. And I, 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 we all kind of just thought that was a way for them to, to get some leverage against LA. And I, I think, Going forward, it's just important to remember, you know, who's releasing this information and yep. and who it's going to benefit. And just they may not have a preference for the Lakers based on how the Lakers used to handle giving information to these reporters. Like when Mitch Kupchak was in office, he rarely like the Lakers rarely leaked anything. No. And now that Rob and you know, when Magic was there, you know, <laughs> the, tampering charges, everything. leaks all, everything. every single day. I mean, the Pau Gasol trade happened and it was like, what? Yeah, like we never heard a word or exactly. anything, and it's like all of a sudden the Lakers get Pau Gasol, huh? Uh-huh. And then like we knew this day, like the thing about this day, it was almost there's so much out there. It was like this, this has got to happen, right? Yeah. This can't not happen after all this information. So okay, we've talked a ton about basketball. I took way more of your time than uh, than I asked you initially, but I want one thought from you on the Dodgers okay. and one thought overall on pro wrestling. I don't care oh, if it's WWE, nice. New Japan, AEW, you name it. Let's go with the Dodgers first. Oh, I'm just excited. The Dodgers are just a ton of fun. Like as much as we complain about the Lakers front office and their scouting and all like we're their how they handle contracts, the Dodgers are the complete opposite. Oh, I just God. love everything they do. Their front you know, how their front office operates. Their their minor league system is ridiculous. Their their analytics department's fantastic. Like every geek thing about like we want about our Lakers, like the Dodgers do. Yep. And it's just so fun to see, you know, Cody Bellinger doing what he's doing right now. It's just insane. So I just hope this year, you know, is the year we finally win the World Series? That, they just need one it, to yeah. validate everything. Because exactly. when you're there, so you're there every year. It's a crapshoot when you get into the playoffs, especially in baseball. You just need to win one, and then everyone will breathe a sigh of relief. And I feel like if they win one, they'll win three or four. You know what I mean? It'll be like oh, you yeah. get the monkey off your back, and then they're set up so well. This is this is going to be fun. 
Okay, so some wrestling. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun time. It, it, like WWE's a little bit on on a, on a downer as far as like their storylines and their popularity. But New Japan's got a little bit of buzz right now. There's yep. a new company, All Elite Wrestling. What is your kind of like overall thoughts in the wrestling world? I, I'm really excited. Like I I kind of took a little bit of a break from WWE for a while there, and but I, I'm getting back into it now because of AEW and and New Japan and you know uh, John Moxley and or Dean Ambrose, whatever you want to refer to him as. Like he he's kind of helped spark a little rivalry here and and. And AEW, I'm just excited that a new company is out there, and I can't wait for uh, TNT. Like, like it, it kind of like relive those WCW days of, of like having a another network, another company on TV every week. And, and I think Cody Rhodes is doing a fantastic job over there, and how they're. I, I love how they have like a little like um, scrum, like a little like a media scrum after every uh, event. It's like yeah. a, like a sports. It's like a sports thing now, and I, I love that. I love how they're adding some. It's more legitimate, and it's really cool. And I just, uh, I'm excited that hopefully WWE gets a little threatened and they have to up their game. And competition is always a good thing in wrestling. And, and the key is what they're doing is they're not trying to just do what WWE does. Exactly. And yeah. and with a lesser version, they're actually doing. They're they have a little tweak on it, and they've got money. They've got yeah. legitimate money backing them with the cons, you know, the owners of the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. They have con- legitimate connections. I just heard the interview with Tony Khan on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Uh, it came out just a couple days ago. I was listening to it over uh, last night and really, really good. You could tell that he's in charge and he's just a big wrestling fan. So I think he's going to just do things a little bit differently than Vince does. And I, I think you're right. I hope it, it gives a little bit of a spark to the WWE because I do believe that when – in a few years when Triple H kind of takes over Whenever yeah. that may be um, I think that we'll see a little bit more of the way NXT is And I think we'll, it, things will be a little bit better overall Sure um, But yeah, there are options now Yeah, you look at NXT and how, how good Triple H has handled that, that, whole, that whole company Like, it's fantastic It's a totally different product than what do, the, you know, the main roster does Like, you watch a NXT TakeOver or like any of their events And it's just totally different And the, the wrestling is incredible The storylines you could get behind I, I love what Triple H has done there And the writers have done there And they have, they have some great talent on NXT still Like, I, I'm a huge Adam Cole fan like I, I love like uh, a lot of those guys on NXT. So, yeah, like hopefully you know when that new era you know takes over with WWE when Vince eventually I don't Vince is never gonna step down right. though. It's, like he's just gonna pass, <laughs> it's just gonna be he's gonna pass away one day. You know what he yeah, means? Yeah, and God oh, bless him. He's been amazing forever. Exactly, yeah, but he, for he's sure. never gonna stop. Yeah. No, no. He, he he. I think he's still stuck in his ways, and I think in a lot of ways that's how the Lakers are. They're stuck yes. in their ways as well. My so. Trojans are this way too, man. Yeah. It's frustrating because I, I like I think about it a lot with and it's because I'm I'm a fan of the Lakers. I'm a fan of the Trojans. I'm a fan of wrestling. I'm a fan of horse racing. And I see so many similarities in all of those things that I cover and that I love. And I'm like, just like you said, man, I wish these these organizations could be like the Dodgers. I yeah. wish they could just be more like the Dodgers. And mm-hmm. at least we have one very, very well run <laughs> organization. And you know what, Alex? It might be too quickly. Like if one or one or two of these, you know, moves go through, we get sure. a couple of these nice, you know, either a max player or a, or a couple of solid, you know, I'll take a like you said, a Carlson or give me Beverly, Seth Curry, you know, a Reddick yeah. combination, a Brogdon, I don't, you know, combinations of of any of them. Ariza could be very cheap and, and help us off the bench or, you know, fill in a role there. I it'll be fun over t- tomorrow's the draft. And then we're, <laughs> it's crazy, you know, right? Like, we're, I forget tomorrow's the draft still. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like 11 days away from the start of free agency. So within the next, you know, I'll have to bring you on maybe in two weeks because 
15 different teams could look different by, by that sure. time. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, I asked you for about 15, 20 minutes to begin with. I had technical difficulties a couple times. You hung through it with me. You were awesome. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Give me your plugs. Let everybody know where can we find you in social media and what are you going to be working on? Uh, yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Alex M. Regla. I write at Silver Screen and Roll and B-Ball Index. And Gino, as always, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Alex, thank you very much. Folks, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with a lot more on That's What G Said. A big thank you there to Alex. Make sure to follow Alex on Twitter at Alex M. Regla, R-E-G-L-A. Or uh, you can see his work at Lakers SBN or at the underscore B-Ball underscore index. If you don't follow the B-Ball index, it's awesome. What it does is it gives grades, um, it takes all the players and it kind of grades them on a scale and, and it gives them grades based on that scale and it breaks it down into each of the individual categories. So it'll say, you know, one-on-one, perimeter shooting, um, playmaking, overall offense, and then it'll go to defense, interior defense, perimeter defense, one-on-one defense. So it really gives you an idea of how every player breaks down in all the specific categories, and it'll show you from year to year how they improve. You can break them down into sample size. Alex is a great follow. I've been very lucky to uh, to talk back and forth with Alex over the last couple of years. Always enjoy talking basketball in particular, but as, as you heard, he has a has a good thoughts on the Dodgers and also some wrestling too. So a big thank you to Alex Regla for the first ever interview here on That's What G Said. Many more to come, folks. We'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, all from sports, entertainment, you name it. We will have all different guests on, full long interviews, interviews like with Alex where we just cover whatever is relevant. We'll have some story time. It'll be a lot of fun. Now we'll have opportunities for a lot more content now with the ability to bring people in for some interviews. I'm not sure if you played in the stable duel Belmont contest just a couple weekends back, but if you missed out and you saw, you know, stable duel, stable duel, what is stable duel? There's another contest coming up. June the 28th is when it starts And it is the $10,000 Summer Series And guess what? It is free to enter So right now Go right now before you do anything else Get to StableDuel.com Slash Summer Series And you can find out All of the information there Stable Duel is turning up the heat $10,000 Stable Duel Summer Series The first game kicks off Friday, June the 28th Compete in as many contests as you can Between then and the Travers on August the 24th And you build up points You climb the leaderboards And you get your piece of the $10,000 prize pool It is free to enter First prize, $3,500 Second prize is $1,000 Third prize is $750 Fourth prize is $500 There are payouts all the way down to the top 50 The the 40 through 50 spots Get $25 Remember, this is free And you'll be playing all throughout June 28th through August the 24th. All you have to do, go to StableDuel.com slash Summer Series and do it from your iOS device. Visit this the link, create an account, name your stable. If you have any questions at all, ask me personally. Shoot me a, a message, an email, a tweet, a Facebook message. I can help you out. I played all the way through in the first 
in the first game It was fun They paid out the top 20 I finished 21st of course So I didn't get any of the cheese But I'm really looking forward to this This is going to be a lot of fun What When you handicap the races You are involved all throughout the day Ask any of the people who got involved at Stable Duel It was an absolute blast So right now StableDuel.com Slash Summer Series And make sure to download From your iOS device From your iPad Or from your iPhone Let's get into some horse racing news Saw some big winners over the weekend Mucho Gusto For me, when I get, when I just get most of my horse racing news I get it from DRF A lot of the, this stuff is from daily racing form articles Or following uh, different uh, DRF uh, experts and, and reporters and, and analysts on Twitter And I think that's probably the best place to get most of your general information For me, it's DRF and it's just generally in Twitter From following some of the connections and seeing You know Stuff in the mornings, okay, we worked well in the morning Now we're going to point to this race Love the way Mucho Gusto looked Sat off the pace a little bit He won the grade 3 affirmed He beat his stable mate Roadster And he looks like he's headed to the Haskell On July the 20th, Mucho Gusto On to bigger and better for Baffert At Santa Anita, there is a new panel of vets And stewards Who have been formed to inspect horses at Santa Anita And deem them ready to run over the weekend, seven horses were scratched over the Friday and Saturday programs, and then two were not able to enter on Sunday. What this panel does, they review the medical and the training race records in order to decide whether or not a horse should be able to run. All five must agree, or the horse does not race. I like the group, I like the panel, I like the ideas. The only thing that's weird about that is every remember, everything is like we're all people, we're not machines. So if one of the people on the panel has an agenda, we trust all, all these people, obviously, and and in particular the the people that they've mentioned now. I, I think they're all great, but that, I always I, I like the idea. I like what they're doing. I'm just a little worried a, a bit, a bit. Hopefully the execution goes through because the it's a it's a good it's a good idea. We want to make sure that all the horses that are running are ready to run. Uh, I, I'm just concerned sometimes when it when it has to deal with you know who is tied to who who on the panel might have a you know this person relationship with them and, and so on and so forth. Maximum security, the horse who crossed the wire first in the Kentucky Derby and was disqualified, he actually for the first time this weekend did not cross the wire first in his race. He lost in the Pegasus. He did stumble pretty badly at the start. He recovered, he got to the lead, he had a half-length lead at the top of the lane, or he had a half-length lead early instead of a length. So maybe that stumble, I, the stumble might have been what did him in, right? You you just, you feel like he's so classy with what we saw him do in Florida, and then what we saw him do, even in the Kentucky Derby, even with the DQ, he ran so well in the Kentucky Derby. You figured he would win this race easily. He had the lead early in the stretch, but he was put away by King for a day. Lots of question marks going into the race, even up into the day of the race when the the, the day of the entries being drawn on Wednesday and Thursday, wasn't sure if he was going to run. They had to take blood work on him. Trainer said that everything came back clean. It was and it wasn't like he ran poorly, right? He stumbled. That didn't help. He lost to an up and coming horse named King for a Day, who's won three of his last four, and that horse is two for two on the year. It's not like he's some slouch. It wasn't a claiming race, and. We want the connections to be transparent And let us know what's happening with the horse And if he says he didn't like the way 
he was acting, but he took all the blood work and then things were fine. How c- we can't really knock him as a, or the connections. They're not going to run the horse if they don't think he's ready or they don't think he's right. So I do like the fact that they said, you know, they didn't think he was a, he was quite himself, but the blood work, everything came back fine. We ran him, and you know, I think more that King for a day is not a bad horse. I really do. They're going to send him to Saratoga in the next few days with. You know, horses with races like the Haskell, the Curlin, or the Jim Dandy as possibilities for King for a Day. Rafael Bejarano got win number 4,000. Big congrats to Bejarano. I've, uh, there was a while where you know how we, you always have those jockeys that for some reason, whether it's the best jockey in the world or a very low percentage rider, that whenever you bet them, it seems like they run second. And then whenever you don't bet them, it seems like they win. It was like that with me for Bejarano for a while, a very long while. We had a very uh, give love and hate relationship, and when when I when I say we, I mean he didn't know anything about this. It was just me, I, I, you know, it was just me. But he he uh, he's been just a, a mainstay in Southern California now for a while, and it, and in Kentucky before that, and he's really been all over the place, man. You you start to go back and look it through all the the tracks that he has has been at, and he's ridden successfully at. 30 riding titles in Southern California You know You go all the way back to the very beginning You see him at Turfway, River Downs, Hoosier Mountaineer, Remington, Colonial, Aqueduct Gulfstream, Calder, Keeneland Traveling all over for stakes races A five times Breeders' Cup winner Rafael Bejarano Member of the 4000 Win Club Country House The horse who crossed the wire First in the Or who crossed the wire second but was put up the first In the Kentucky Derby is done for the year Trainer Bill Mott did not like how he had trained And acted at Churchill And then after being sent to Saratoga He will be turned out for 60 days He just did not seem to enjoy his training Unfortunate that Country House is done for the year But they have said he, he will come back as a 4 year old Big shout out and a congratulations To Norm Cassie Who gets his first stakes win Son of Mark Cassie Gets the win with Hard Legacy in the Grade 3 Regret and now Norm is up to 26 victories and 158 starts. That is a really good start to his training career. I met Norm for the first time at Delta Downs back in 2013. He was there with Teppin. And it was her first graded stakes win in the Grade 3 Delta Princess. And this was before Teppin was the Teppin on the turf that we know. And I remember ha- hanging out with, with Norm that night And he is just a great guy A hard worker He knows horses so well We talked a little bit of res- about wrestling He used to be a, a WWE fan back in the day So anytime that anyone has any interest in WWE I'm going to talk their ear off about about wrestling But I was very happy to see Norm get the win I'll have to bring him on for an interview sometime soon I've had the privilege of interviewing him On TVG, on uh, the Mike Abadir show On Elite Racing Network He's just a great, great guy And a really hard worker And I'm really, really happy For Norm Cassie I mean, Teppin, that was the start Of her, you know, it was 2013 She didn't have a whole lot of success In 2014, and then in 2015 She starts a 15 Race streak where she was first or second To end her career she had 11 wins over that span, 10 graded stakes wins, 6 grade 1 wins, including the Breeders' Cup Mile, the Woodbine Mile, and the Queen Anne at Ascot. Congrats, Norm Cassie, on the first stakes win. 
Mr. Money wins the mat win Back-to-back graded stakes victories for Mr. Money now And he'll be pointing to the Indiana Derby next on July the 13th Vino Rosso pointing to the Whitney on August the 3rd at Saratoga Seeking the Soul who won the Stephen Foster Pointing to the Whitney or the Pacific Classic So Seeking the Soul will be traveling The Whitney August 3rd or the Pacific Classic August the 17th Elate was a winner We'll go back to the Delaware Handicap now On July the 13th And Omaha Beach Who was going to be your likely Kentucky Derby favorite Back on the racetrack exercising for the first time Since that entrapped Epiglottis It's your horse racing news I'll be back on uh, Friday With some horse racing plays for the weekend Close things out With the best sports movies So far we've had best basketball movies Best horse racing movies Best hockey movies Basketball, it was Hoosiers beating white men Can't jump in the finals Best horse racing movies It was Let It Ride Going over Seabiscuit In the final And best hockey movies Slapshot gets the win Over Miracle Still to come Golf this week Soccer, baseball Baseball and football And even boxing I think those are going to be the three heavyweights Football I'm gonna. There's going to be at least a 32 I feel like baseball too At least a good 32 bracket Golf I was only able to get to a bracket of 16 A couple of the others I had Brackets where we were able to get like Early 20s And then kind of had a couple playing rounds The key is you know with like any bracket You want the 16 and the 32 numbers Are the easiest ones to break down So if you can't get to 32 could do a couple playing uh, playing games, but we have 16 for golf. Um, yeah, football. We'll, we'll hit football. We'll hit wrestling. We'll hit boxing, tennis, some track and field, Olympics, you know, poker, gambling. We'll try to figure out the some of those final few groups. If maybe how to group them best, or you know maybe we put a couple different groups of movies together. Here's the list of the best golf. Movies. This is the bracket 1 through 16 Your number 1 seed Caddyshack taking on Miracle on the 17th green I'm going to go to real announcer's voice Folks as we set up the bracket For the that's what G said Best golf movies Remember to get to Twitter Follow at it's me Gino B And get your votes in Caddyshack Taking on Miracle on the 17th green Bobby Jones, Stroke of Genius Taking on Dead Solid Perfect The Greatest Game Ever Played Taking on The Back Nine Happy Gilmore, my god Happy Gilmore Taking on Caddyshack 2 Tin Cup my, I gotta give a shout My personal all-time favorite golf movie And maybe a top 5 movie for me I love Tin Cup I'm gonna sell you on Tin Cup all week folks Come on, Tin Cup Roy McAvoy, that's that's my guy Tin Cup will have to hook up with Tommy's Honor In round 1 Who's your caddy and the founders The caddy versus Follow the Sun And a gentleman's game Versus the legend of Bagger Vance That is the bracket the field of 16 is set. The voting will begin. Get to Twitter at it's me, Gino B, and make sure to vote in all of the polls for best golf movie. So now, over the next few days, I'm going to do my research 
I'm going to watch some of these golf movies that I haven't watched. I'm going to rewatch some of them and we'll really break down the final four and go in depth about some thoughts on on some of the others that I uh, that I was introduced to for the first time. So go check out these golf movies if you have the opportunity to. And you can play along with the polls and remember to keep in mind all the different sports movies for future weeks to come. You know when uh, when I post the the uh, tweets or the Facebook posts or the Instagram posts out there asking for some of your suggestions. Look for those and and let me know because I'm always looking for your help trying to formulate these fields for best sports. Movies. A big thank you to Alex Regla for the interview. And make sure to get to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review. A nice little five star rating and review would be awesome for us, folks. Joey, my good friend, this is all you. <laughs>